0: I thought I heard you guys say, great, okay, well, it is Tuesday, but, uh, you know, every day makes us close to the weekend, so uh, you can count it that way. I always used to take Tuesdays and not count them. I would always be like, okay, it's Tuesday, so that means there's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday left. I never counted it as Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, that's how I always look at it. Anyway, my name is Charlotte, I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of, uh, right now, sunny Sacramento. We are forty-five strong up and down the state of California, which means if you have a paranormal need, and I'm talking ghosts, I'm talking, you know, UFOs and things like that, cryptids. If you have a paranormal need, um, get a hold of us. We'll get out to you. The problem with me is California is such a huge state; it might take us a couple days to get out out there. But we do have mediums on staff who can uh, call you and speak with you about. Uh, what's going on and in most cases especially if it involve it, it might involve a ghost or something like that they can calm the the energy down for you before we get out there okay and that way you, you know you won't have any issues i want to welcome you all tonight i really appreciate you being here if you're watching from facebook and uh you haven't done so before please be sure to follow especially if you like what you hear tonight also uh, give us a thumbs up give us some Show us some love. Give us some hearts and things like that. Because what that does is it moves us up in the algorithm. And uh, the further up in the algorithm that we are, the more people will be able to see the, the show. Right? All right? Same thing with YouTube. Uh, thumbs up, smiley faces, hearts. Because, again, that's that's another algorithm situation. Okay? So that, that moves us up higher in the algorithm as well. And if you haven't done so already, check out our YouTube page at uh, youtube.com forward slash California Haunts Radio. Um, at Cal- I'm sorry, slash at California Haunts Radio, so many of these things we have. Because we've got over 631 videos sitting over there from the last three years of shows. So I'm sure you're going to find something that you like, all right? And what I've done, because it does get confusing when you go in on the home page there, uh, what I've done is I've taken and i put a lot of the shows under categories. I'm still in the process of moving stuff around. So let's say you want to see Mr. Carlotto, Carlotto's last appearance. You can go in there and check, like maybe I he talked about Atlantis the last time he was on, or, or something like that. You would go under a uh, lost cities file, or like with tonight, tonight we'll get qualified as. Uh, UFOs, and alien abductions—you know—so so there's a file you can go in and look directly for this stuff without having to search. Uh, Medium Nancy Mats on Fridays; she's got her own file. So all you have to do is just pop right in there. Okay, so I made it easier. So be sure to check that out and like, and also if you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe. You know, we're looking for more and more subscribers, doing this big buildup. And of course, you can find us on Facebook under California Haunts. You can find me on Instagram under Ghosty Gal. It's all lowercase. Uh, we're over, we are on Twitter under, I believe, Cal, California Haunts, I believe, or it's Cal Haunts. Uh, we're on Twitch, definitely, it's Cal Haunts. And we have a real good presence over on uh, TikTok uh, at uh, California Haunts, all lowercase. So, uh, yeah, we're everywhere, and, of course, YouTube. Anyway, uh, my guest tonight, he's, he's, he's been on the show before, and uh, I, I love talking to him the last time he was on. And this time... I'm looking forward to speaking with him about UFOs because you know, over my lifetime, I have seen two or three now, whether I've been abducted, I have no clue, but I have seen two or three things like I can't explain in the sky. Right. So there's a lot of that going on, and especially, and I see uh dad, California over there talking about what happened in, in Vegas, right? Cause there was a, there was a sighting over, over Las Vegas. So, yeah i mean so uh, it's getting more frequent and i think it's kind of like ghost hunting in a way uh people were aware of this stuff before but once it started to get more public and get out to the public people became even more aware to where they're starting to look up more and more and they're starting to see more stuff so uh we'll talk to mark about that in a a minute here Uh, i want to let everybody know that uh, my team i am recruiting for team members and i will be teaching a class it's a very intense class Uh, uh, we just don't go out and ghost hunt. It's not like it's not like us you see on TV. You just go pop it into somebody's house. We have a very intensive training. I've been doing this for, for more than 20 years. And uh, there's a very intensive training that everybody goes through. And uh, if, if you survive that or you feel like you might want to be on the team after going through the, the first part of the training, and, and, and I feel the same way, so the, then you'll have a chance to meet with some of our team members and then go out on an investigation with us, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, as far as you know, getting you on the team. Uh, that's over at our meetup, so if you want to check that out, it's an event I have set for July 8th on, on meetup.com. So it would be California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup. So uh, please check that out over there and uh, come on down because uh, we're, we're a great bunch of folks. In fact, uh, the majority of my members that I have, in fact, all of my members that, that are currently active with the team have been with me for upwards of 10 years. So people who do come on stay on with this team because it's a really good team. Uh, we do have younger people on there, but we have older older people on there as well. So it's a nice mix. All right, so come check us out. Okay, let me uh, make an adjustment here. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to bring Mark on, and uh, in, in case you don't know who he is, I'm going to have him tell you about him. So here we go. Good evening. Hi. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. It's been a while.
1: Yeah. Uh, a couple, of, a year or two, I think, right? Something like yeah. that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: For the folks that who don't know who you are, can you talk about yourself, please?
1: Who am I? Oh, boy. That's the perennial question. Um, <laughs> so uh, my background's in... Um, I'm an electrical engineer. That's my, I, my PhDs in uh, electrical engineering. Uh, but, I'm, you know, I'm not going to fix your toaster um, or wire your house. Um, I work in the uh, aerospace industry. Um, that's my day job. And what I do kind of my passion, uh, what I do for fun is sort of explore areas that are sort of at the fringe of science on, at the edge of science and speculation. And um, my interest is kind of pushing the envelope. Um, last time I was on, we talked about Atlantis. I have a couple of books about, uh, about that. It's uh-huh. not your usual treatment of Atlantis. It's more ancient civilizations and what came perhaps even before Atlantis, the theory of, of, of ages, if you will, uh, of okay. previous ages, um, ages of humanity. Uh, and tonight, I think we're talking about UFOs, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: So my latest, yeah, my latest book, shameless plug is this book. It's called not of this world. And, um, it's, it's sort of my, my take on the UFO phenomenon, which is, uh, oh, I was you got ready it. for right. you.
0: See that? I was ready for you. Um, yeah. Got
1: it. You're right on top of that, Charlotte. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, It's sort of my take on the UFO phenomenon. It's a little different uh, from kind of what's going around these days. Um, So hopefully we can get into that a little bit. Um, And, you know, basically my approach is to try to stick as close to the data as possible. Um, I'm not really into uh, conspiracy theories or speculating about, you know, what the government's up to. Who the heck knows? Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really trying to really understand the phenomenon and look at it in, uh, I don't know, in sort of a holistic way. Now, you're talking about paranormal and UFOs. I think everything, it's all, you know, it's all one equation. Everything has to add up. And so I think it's all connected.
0: Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. 100%. Now, let's talk about your book a little bit. You have some very interesting stories about UFO sightings and stuff in there. How did you come across all this information?
1: Well, I actually got started in the mid 80s um I, I kind of got involved in um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the face on Mars um, mm-hmm. objects on Mars that's sort of where I I, uh, I got started uh, uh, where I kind of became ostracized from mainstream uh, academia um, and because uh, my you know my take on on that was that, um, there are definitely, there's really some very good evidence, uh, mm-hmm. for, um, archeological ruins, mm-hmm. perhaps on Mars, if you Want to call on that. Um, but in the course of, you know, getting involved in that and, and going to conferences, I met people and, 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 um, and I, I was sort of pulled into some UFO, uh, investigations, uh, Bruce McAbee, who's done a lot of work in, uh, in UFOs in analyzing UFO sightings, um, particularly the Gulf Breeze sighting. Uh, He, uh, he brought me in sort of towards the end of that. Uh, I did a little bit of analysis for him. Uh, Gulf Breeze was, I don't know if you're familiar. You familiar with that sighting in Florida back in the, in the eighties? Really? I mean, you know, like so many of these, you know, the, the skeptics say, Oh, it was proven to be a hoax, you know, and you hear all that. But there was just a stunning amount of information and eyewitness reports and, um, and, you know, and reports by people who see, you know, see these craft, these, this phenomenon. And it just, it just, it's gone in, a, in an instant and there's no sonic boom. There's no, you know, signature as they call it these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I kind of got involved in stuff like that. And um, so, I, you know, I talk about the Gulf Breeze uh, sighting and the analysis in the book. I talk about um, the Guardian video. Guardian was uh, a, uh, I guess, an informer, someone that released a really provocative video up in Canada, up in Carp, in uh, Ontario, and uh, and this was uh, on Unsolved Mysteries and all these shows back in the uh, I think it was in the 90s. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, what I what I do in the book is actually I dust off that case and I do some new analysis. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty amazing the stu- stuff that was going on in that video. It's very shaky. And so at the time, you know, they, they would sort of show it and, you know, it's like, yeah, that's pretty weird, but what's actually going on? And there's some very definite craft um, that are photographed from different angles. And see, for me, as, as, a, as someone interested more in the science, if you can get more than one picture of something you can get it from different, you know, directions, that corroborates sort of what you're seeing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there were there the, these luminous balls that no one had ever talked about before. Um, and, you know, you, we see more and more these sort of luminous ball, uh, sphere, spherical objects kind of thing, um, especially nowadays with uh, a lot of the UAP sightings. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a number of cases involving these balls, not only uh, in that video, but also uh, seen by the space shuttle uh, in the 80s and 90s, and also seen in crop circles. In fact, um, if you go to my if you go to my Twitter, um, so it's a uh, you know Mark Mark Carlotto, uh one word on Twitter. Uh, I actually posted a video. I you know I wasn't able to do the video in the book. I just have some stills,
0: mm-hmm. but.
1: It's a remarkable video um, that actually shows the crop circle being formed by two luminous balls. And again, oh. it's dismissed as a hoax, but you know, people have come out um, over the years and said, "Hey, look, you know, the more it, it was, it, it was sort of um, I don't know, deep sixed back then." Mm-hmm. But it really there's really a lot of evidence to suggest that it's genuine. And my analysis supports that as well. So, I mean, these are some of the sort of uh, famous cases that I uh, that I talk about in the book, uh, and then I get onto you know historical cases. Then I get onto some more recent ones uh, as well.
0: Do you think that you know this is like with ghost hunting too? You know, you got like you say you're looking at fringe stuff. So, I mean, for you to to come up with these findings and your thoughts on this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of debunkers out there that 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 are going to jump all over you.
1: Yeah, you know, I I I I don't mean to be cavalier. I don't really care. You know, a lot of people (laughs) that do this kind of stuff, they feel like they kind of have to convince people. I mean, Uh I don't really care about that. And in fact, you know, the weight of the evidence now is is really overwhelming. I mean, even the government admits this is real. So it's like, I I mean, I'm I haven't. I'm not convinced that they're extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of agree with the government on that because they say there's no evidence that they're extraterrestrial. And I agree with that. Uh, but, um, you know, a lot of people think that, that the government's holding back all this information, that they really oh. know the answer. I don't think they do. And I think that's part of the problem there. You know, we look to governments, you know, we look to authority. Mm-hmm. as as having the answers and when they don't people become fearful and i think mm-hmm. you know they're maybe afraid of that so they it's sort of like not, not damage control but they want to sort of you know manage the whole you know narrative and uh, so i i don't know uh i don't really think anyone really knows what these things are
0: it's that or i was just thinking while you were talking it's a case of there's one string of the government that's doing this but the right hand is not telling the left what's going on so yeah. so you have a whole bunch of these guys working on off the side on this stuff yet the rest of the government doesn't know and so when the public comes for answers there's no answers
1: yeah that 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 you're right that i mean that's an, that's a possibility as well um and uh, and and it might might actually be de- deliberately sort of designed to be that way because mm-hmm. it's even more confusing right?
0: right right because right yeah you know, I've driven home late at night because I, I, you know, most of my 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 jobs I would work like in the evenings, and I've, I myself have seen some real crazy stuff. Like I've seen clouds light up at night, and mm. I've seen craft drop below them and then shoot straight up. Really? On my way home from work and stuff, you know, and it's it's just it's just bizarre stuff that you can't explain. I remember uh, as a kid, my dad was in into. Cause he grew up in the thirties and forties and he was mm-hmm. he, he lived in Cleveland and he used to go out of the airfield and watch the Zeppelins, you know, and all that stuff. And so he got me into looking at the Goodyear blimp and stuff as a kid. There was this thing and, it, and I know it wasn't the blimp, but it hovered. It was over. I, I, I could see it. I must've been around eight or nine years old. I could see this thing out my front door. I even brought my dad out to show him. And it was like a round ball in the sky and it had rotating lights on it, mm-hmm. but it was hovering and it hovered for hours and then disappeared. Yeah. No one ever knew what that was either. You know, it's just weird stuff like that over the years.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I used to think, uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of people would say, yeah, you know, well, I, I think it's kind of mixed. Some people, you know, I, I know people that have said, oh, yeah, I've seen, had a lot of sightings and other people like, no, I've I've never seen anything. And, you know, in, I haven't really seen, well, I'm, I might, I might've had one sighting. And it, you know, I when you're young, you don't really recall everything. Um, right. Your memories are a little fuzzy. But I remember something, I remember being outside. We used to go outside after supper and play. And mm-hmm. I, I, don't know, I don't think kids really do that anymore. I think they're just on their devices all the time. But you know, in the summer, that was the great thing. You could go outside and play. You know, we'd have the telescope out and we'd be playing hide and go seek and stuff in the yard. And you know, just being outside, And I remember uh, with my sister just sort of uh, at one point being out and looking up and there was just an enormous object overhead. It seemed like it was overhead, but it wasn't making any noise. And I just remember after that, just sort of always wondering about, hmm, you know, like, is... I mean, it was kind of a deep thought maybe in retrospect at the time, but, you know, wondering, well, is reality really what we think it is? You know, because, you know, the shows that were on TV at the time, like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Lost in Space and the Invaders and shows like that. It's like, that's science fiction, right? That's not real. And then you see, then you see something or something happens It's like, hmm, I wonder if there really is something. I don't know, maybe not to that but just something more that to reality than than we think there is, you know.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So You got me
0: uh, to thinking about that, you know, cuz I you know, like I, I, you see a lot of these reports about these rectangular shaped UFOs. But for me, and I don't know if you've ever seen them at night, um I live near a former air base and this airbase was a repair mm-hmm. facility for the majority of the planes and the the, the B1 you know that, that B1 bomber yeah the flying wing when that thing is flying over there's hardly any lights on it and it's spooky looking you know so i'm not saying that you know these rectangular ones they're saying are that it could be you know it could be the flying wings but i mean when you see them that's what you think because they don't make any noise either
1: yeah i mean that's the trouble with i think some of the some of the classic you know more geometrical shapes that you know like the the triangles and the um cigar shaped than the, you know, the classic saucers. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I just had to go with the saucer on the, on the, for the cover of the book. It's just so, so cliche. It's just, I love it. Uh, but I mean, that's what everyone sort of associates. So right. thank you. Another shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, what makes, I think it more, dic- uh, so, so What's what's I think harder now to understand is the, the 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 less geometrical, more, I don't know, amorphous, you know, lights, balls, things that are not really, right. they don't appear necessarily to be craft so much. It's more, and I think that's why, you know, the government's gone from UFOs to, it was originally UAP where A was aerial, uh-huh. and now it's anomalous, uh, uh-huh. unidentified anomalous phenomenon, I think. Um, And so it's, it's pretty open ended. And I think, really much more uh, descriptive of sort of the lack of, of anything like, you know, it's, it's not like you're seeing the same model UFO, right? You know, all sightings were just so different. And, you know, that was the first thing that led me to think, I wonder if this isn't really, um, you know, uh, alien technology as much as just a projection of something that is changing as, as we've changed, you know, over the years. In fact, one of the things I do in the book is I look at how sightings have changed since the 1940s, patterns of sightings. And they have, not only in number, but in the distribution of the different shapes that are seen from year to year. And so, you know, why is that? What's causing that? So these aren't things that that people are really, you know, thinking too much about. But my, you know, sort of my angle on this is, I I, I think by analyzing some of this data, it might actually give us insight, not not so much into how these things work. We may, we may never know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at least some insight into what uh, their intentions might be, if they're, Mm -hmm. in fact, you know, it's a lot of speculation that they're here just watching us, observing us, and they have been for, you know, thousands of years. Why? Why are they here? So maybe by analyzing patterns of reports, you know, uh, where they occur, uh, when they occur, uh, and other correlations, we might get, you know, get some insights from that.
0: You know, when you talk about the changing visions of them when people see them, I think that has to do with whatever society they're living in. Because when you think about the reports Mm -hmm. in the Bible, you know, when Ezekiel saw it as a wheel in the sky, and then you got to figure, you know, in the 50s there you know the 30s 40s and 50s people thought more in terms of a, of a flying plate because when you'd see that thing you you would associate it with something really common to describe it yeah you know and over the right. years as 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 we get more technology we're associating it with with things that 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 are common to us as well
1: yeah i i, I and that's and i think that a lot a lot of the evolution is because of that um mm-hmm. and um but you know, I, I also wonder. It's sort of like a chicken and an egg. You know, uh-huh. we obviously didn't come up with a flying saucer to begin with. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know that that may have been that may have been a projection in the '40s that then became, you know, kind of like you know that was the pop, that was the symbol of that uh-huh. that uh, you know flying saucer was UFO for you know, 20 years plus until mm-hmm. you got into the, what, 60s and 70s, when you started seeing triangles and, you know, things of that that sort. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, I just wonder, you know, did we come up with that first? Were they mimicking some of our, you know, World War II? Because I know they were starting to think of, in terms of some of these weird aircraft designs back then. But right. did we come up with that first or were those patterned after what people were seeing you know it's like it's hard to know sort of how it start how it started
0: it's funny you bring up the wars because yeah i mean the first reports of these things that the pilots were seeing they thought it was a, that they were crafts from the other, you know from, from the enemy right i mean that that was their first thought it was something that the germans had created or vice versa so you're right i mean yeah it, it, it is perplexing to, to try and figure that out
1: yeah yeah, it's like, what are the Nazis up to, you know, now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And then you think of the movie Back to the Future, when, when he uh, ends up in the barn, and he's got the, con- the, 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 he sees the kid reading the space comic book. So he puts on the radiation suit and goes in there, you know, and, 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 talk, and talks to the kid.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's It's interesting. It's all really interesting to it, unravel
1: it it is and you know and and again not not to not to be not not to overstate it but in the same way that i think a lot of um anomalous phenomena are connected i think to understand this you can't just it's not just a scientific problem it's a social sociological one as well uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the role of the movies and the media um so at, at the end of the book um I'll just kind of give away the punchline. Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know if it's a punchline or it's definitely a takeaway, Mm -hmm. but I look at patterns of reports and they change in certain, in certain years, they seem to change. And I thought to myself, huh, what would cause things to change? And they change and they remain sort of a certain sort of pattern, a certain distribution sort of statistical you know so many of this so many of that year to year for like some number of years and then it changes again so it goes you know it's sort of abrupt and there's been like four changes since the 40s it, things are pretty constant from the 40s until um, until this well here's the chart and actually this is also on my Twitter page so go to the, my Twitter page and you can see this and uh, I talk about it a little bit. Um but um yeah it's so it's this the pattern uh kind of continues from the 40s to the to the mid-sixties and then it changes and it continues that way. Uh I'm sorry, to this into the 80s, and then it continues that way into the 90s, and then it goes into the early 2000s, and then it changes again. So there's like uh, sort of basic four four basic patterns. And you know, arguably this this all starts when we start uh, setting off nuclear, you know, atomic bombs in the forties. That's the speculation. That's speculation is that's when they became interested, really interested in us because of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But then I wondered, okay, well, what's happening? What, what's, what's happening in the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands. And then even more recently, um, like around 20,
0: 2014.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the only, what I could come up with, um, based on looking at some of the the, uh, statistical data out there is that it was changes actually in our technology, you know, like um, in the early eighties or mid eighties, the internet started becoming really popular. Mm -hmm. It became a thing. Uh, People were, you know, they had America online Mm -hmm. and they were, you know, logging out with their modem and they were checking email and they were on news groups and stuff like that. And that lasted for a while. And then, um, And then there was, um, I'm sorry, no, PCs came first and then the internet and then then cell phones. And the dates where these technologies take off seem to be correlated when patterns of sightings change. So one interpretation is that, oh, it's our technology. We're just getting out there and we're photographing these things more. Mm -hmm. And that's probably true. That'll change the number. Why would it change the distribution? Why would it change the patterns? Um, and my hypothesis is that they're actually reacting to us. Um, and I think, you know, I think we're all co- a little concerned with, you know, as you get older, you start, you know, becoming philosophical about things like, right. like mobile devices. It's like, you know, they're, they're rotting our brains, they're going to destroy our, you know, arguably it's, they've become, they've, they've, injected a lot of toxicity into our society. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, wonder if maybe as we approach what a lot of people have talked about, the technological singularity, you know, mm-hmm. as technology just is taking off, it's, we're, we're reaching a point where there, perhaps as just as dangerous as the A-bomb is sort of what's happening, what's around the corner with AI, uh-huh. nanotechnology all this other stuff and so i think they may be reacting to us in this way and so uh it may not just be our technology that's causing us to see more or see things differently but it may be maybe a little of both it may be going both ways I, and again i don't think anyone's talking about this but if we're really if we're really interested in understanding the phenomenon uh in its totality not just Um, You know, how do their engines work, Uh you know, or um, um, how many different species of aliens are there? I mean, these are all, I don't know, I guess they're interesting questions, but I'm more interested as a as a human being. Why are they here? Right. I mean, who's asking? I know some some scientists like Jacques Vallée, I know, has always been interested in questions like that but there are very few um that really seem to be pursuing those uh questions lines of research you know to try to answer those questions
0: well as you talk about you know technology and things changing it makes sen- it makes sense because a lot of these people that that are taken the contactees have said that they have heard that the aliens have have, have had concerns about what we're doing here yeah about the, about the new, like you say, when we started using more nukes, people were saying that they're concerned about our use of nuclear stuff, that, that we're going to blow ourselves up. So maybe yeah. that's, a, that's a big part of it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's not like, um, did, uh, were you into Star Trek at all? Yes. Okay, you know, so it's like, um, you know, when, um, who was the guy that built the first warp drive? Um. um it was just just after the the you know the World War and, Cochrane, um, Cochrane,
0: Cochran, yeah, the red jacket, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it for Cochrane.
1: And so he goes up, and he you know he turns he turns on the warp drive, and all of a sudden the I think the Vulcans show up, right?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. They're waiting for us. You know, we're not we're not getting these in the um, in the contactee uh, reports. Uh, we're not getting. Oh, they're waiting for us to evolve sort of to the next level so that, you know, we can become uh, members of the Galactic uh, Federation. Right. We're not getting any of that. Why? <laughs> you know, it could be that, you know, re- this is not the reality. I know that's right. the reality of Hollywood. And that was the way they thought about things, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh-huh. Maybe I think it began to change a little bit. Uh but now I don't think I don't think those um, I don't know I, I, I think it's different than that. It seems like it's different.
0: It could be different. I know you know and then there's the stories about the aliens that are above us that there are actually galactic federations that yeah. are above us with different aliens that, and you know aliens helping each other and all this going on. I don't know. Right. I mean, it, 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 it's it's toughy, You know, it's a toughie. And uh, like you say, are they waiting? Is it like that? Is it like that? Is this like Star Trek where they're waiting for us to do something, you know, dramatic like that to where they're like, OK, you, you guys are cool now. We're going to, you know, we're going to be friends and blah, 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 blah. Right. Or are they just waiting for us to blow ourselves up so they can come down, and clean it all up and take over everything?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give us give us some really good weapons. Uh, make it go quicker. <laughs> um, well, you know, so, you know, I, again, you know, you're talking about paranormal stuff, uh, uh on the int- uh, coming into the show and, sure. um, um, what, what if all this stuff about galactic federations and spaceships and all this other stuff is true, but it's not happening in, phys- in the physical plane, Right. right. You know, I mean, you talk about the astral plane and there's other planes of existence. Um, mm-hmm. What if that's where these things are coming from? And what if this is really what reality is? You know, that in it, it seems like I, 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 I kind of feel like physical reality is limited. I don't think we're in physical space. I don't think we'll ever be able to travel faster than the speed of light. Mm-hmm. I don't think these UFOs are moving in physical space because they're doing things that defy physical, they, they defy the laws of physics. They're mm-hmm. moving faster than the speed of sound, but they're not emitting a sonic boom. They're mm-hmm. moving at incredible speeds, but they're not being crushed by their by, by the force of the acceleration. And so, you know, scientists are saying, well, you know, there's, there's space-time bubbles, or there's, you know, all sorts of other things they are coming up with mathematical theories and constructs. Mm-hmm. Are they, can they, will they ever be, physically possible, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a physicist, so I, I can't weigh in on that. But another possibility is that it's not happening in physical space, but it's happening in one of these other uh, spaces, astral or uh, other planes above that.
0: After reading uh, The Mojave isn't I started to make me wonder about ghost hunting. Are we, are, are we hunting ghosts, the reality of it all? Because when you read some of the accounts of when the, uh, of when the extraterrestrials came back to take the, you know, t- t- take the couple out of the house, mm-hmm. it sounds an awful lot like ghost hauntings, where they can go through walls, the temperature drops in the room. There's yeah. limitations involved, and all this is going on. And then I think back to some of the EVPs that I have gotten over the years, the ones that sound mechanical. You know, and the fact that a lot of them sound so far off and they're so low in the octaves that we might not be hunting ghosts. We may be hunting extraterrestrials and not realize it. Well, and, or,
1: you know, these are just different names for, for the same thing. Right. Um, and, um, you know, some of the religious texts talk about, you know, the you know, there's the creation myth, right? We, we've okay. all heard the creation myth um but some some religious texts actually talk about well what happens after creation and i don't mean you know let's not just fast forward to adam and eve right um, but you know in in that whole period of time and sort of the whole story in its entirety is that um you know uh, w- what followed were 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 sort of the i don't know the the the, the demigods the lower gods That were responsible for keeping creation running. So, Mm -hmm. you, 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 God, you know, God or some universal force creates the universe from one became many. However, you know, if you want to use the Big Bang, you can use whatever, you know, metaphor uh, you want or analogy. Um, And, you know, creation uh, came into being, but at least on the physical plane. Uh, you got to kind of keep things running because uh, we're, you know, we're biological machines. Mm
0: -hmm. Everything
1: on this in in physical space is subject to the laws of thermodynamics, which Mm -hmm. is that they run down, they break. And, you know, eventually you throw them out or you die, whatever, and, you know, Mm -hmm. get a new one. And, um, and so, you know, you need some, you need some, uh, some agents, to sort of take care of things. And I think that the watchers, you know, the stories going back to the Bible of um, these, you know, God or angels that came uh, into being or manifested um, were uh, here sort of to, to make, to see that that, you know, kind of continued, that everything sort of ran smoothly. And mm-hmm. sort of, you know, the UFO is the phenomenon is sort of the latest chapter of that. And you know, you, you you have the good, bad, and 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 you know, you have you have the three different alien groups. They talk about the talls, the humanoids, and the the greys. And maybe you know, they're they have different roles. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the, sounds like the greys do a lot of the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to keep things running. You know, you you gotta you, you gotta you know uh, unclog toilets and clean cesspools <laughs> and, and do nasty stuff and maybe you know that's what the you know the grazer here for. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm 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 really getting. I'm, uh, let me just say, I don't get into any of that in the book. We're kind of getting right, a little right. bit off off the. uh. But, topic it's fun. but it's fun. But but you know what I'm saying that, that yeah. There's, there's, there's other ways of looking at things, and uh, I think it be, behooves us to try, you know, think about these other ways rather than always be thinking about things in the same way. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. I have a question for you now. You know, when, when we talk about sightings, where, you know, as you're going through the data, where have the most sightings been? Because I know for a long time, South America had a ton of sightings. And tons because I remember reading that stuff, you know, in my teens and stuff. But I mean, is it picking up more so over here or, or is it still kind of balanced across the world? Or is South America still like a hotspot?
1: You know, I I don't have that, that data, but um, there's the National UFO Reporting Center uh, uh-huh. run by Peter Davenport. And they have well over 100,000 reports. And so you can say in the United States uh, what's going on. And it appears that there are more reports, um, in areas that have more people. Okay. Now, uh, you can argue, well, that's because there's more people, um, making sightings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually got into some of that analysis in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. but it appears that they seem to be more in populated areas. They seem to be interested in us. um, mm-hmm. And you know maybe some of them are interested in 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 cattle and um, you know in certain parts of the country I don't know those are those those stories are just I find horrific with the, all the cattle mutilization mutilaz- right. mutilations right. and you know I don't know I, don't I know was
0: just gonna, I was just going to ask you because there's a gentleman in the chat room who was talking about the Las Vegas sightings what, what do you think of those
1: now uh, help me out I I haven't seen those.
0: Okay, I believe there was a sighting of – I how many UFOs, Dad Cal? Quite, I, I think there were a few UFOs that they had seen over downtown Las Vegas outside the casino just up in the air.
1: Just just, re, just recently?
0: Just recently, yeah, within the last, what, month or so?
1: Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Um, okay,
0: that's cool, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. but I, what I do
1: look at um, in the book is um, – is is another case, and again, it, it's another case that was sort of written off as a hoax. In um, forget what year it was. Uh, let me just. Oh, here it is. Um, Twenty eleven. Um, there was a UFO sighted over the Dome of the Rock, uh, Temple Mount in uh, Jerusalem, and uh, it uh, it descended. It moved slowly uh, from west to east over the uh, Temple Mount, which is, you know, the holiest, arguably the holiest spot on earth to, right, uh, you know, uh, Islam, uh, Judaism and Christianity. Um, it hovers and then it takes off and is out of sight in a split second. You, you, moving at accelerations that are like the Tic Tacs, you know. So, OK, so you don't believe. That sighting in Jerusalem, but, you know, uh, the government released all the UFO video and information from from the radars that were tracking these things,
0: Uh showing that
1: they're going from low Earth orbit down to, you know, tens of thousands of feet in seconds and then going from, I don't know exactly, tens of thousands of feet down to sea level or even underwater below sea level in fractions of a second. So moving, you know, sort of instantaneous. And they have, you know, radar you know, that shows this. So anyway, we know that this is occurring. And so in this video, uh, actually, there turns out there's um, one fake video, and four that four videos that appear to be authentic taken over the Dome of the Rock. And it shows just it's an incredible um, sighting. And you can go online, uh, and it, you know, I talk about it in the book. Uh, give I give the links and so forth. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can see these videos for yourself. And they're they're absolutely incredible. Um, But what's you know, what happened was that one, someone did a fake video, it was picked up by the Huffington Post. And everyone thinks, Oh, yeah, that's and it was really obviously faked. It was really it was it was laughable. How Mm -hmm. bad because they dubbed in sound of people talking and sort of joking around and it was like real it was just a really obvious obvious hoax and so you know it's like you throw the baby out with the bathwater but you know this um this is an example of i think a lot of uh a lot of sightings that were sort of written off um but now i think with the government now having said that this is real i think we need to go back and sort of dust off the shelves and t- pull out all these videos the ones that you know, were obvious, you know, hoaxes, but mm-hmm. in retrospect, may not have been. Uh, and you know, and look at them with you know, a fresh pair of eyes. And um, you know, and and I and I think I, I the, 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 something else I kind of wanted to get into um, sure. at some point uh, is is sort of you know, NASA had this meeting a few weeks ago or last week, I think. On, on UAP. And um, it's this whole thing about data, you know, uh, people are saying that scientists are saying there's really no good data, but there, you know, I think there's there's tons of data out there and they're just being kind of kind of selective. Um, I, I wasn't going to go in because uh, I'm not sure when, when do we take a break or what's what's your we'll shoot format?
0: Through, shoot through, shoot through, just shoot straight through. Would you like to take a break?
1: Uh, I don't know. So, um, what's, how long are we are going to talk for? About an so hour,
0: hour, 15 minutes. Uh,
1: okay. We could keep going. So we're, we're about 45 okay. minutes now, so we can do another, like another 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. So go for okay.
1: it. Yeah. Cause my voice will start, <coughs> will start to give out after a while. Yeah. Go for it. Um, okay. So, uh, so, okay. So, um, Along with the book, um, I have a blog called None of This World UFO All One Word dot um, com, and uh, I um, I posted an article last week. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners uh, are aware of the fact that NASA had a uh, public meeting, uh, and I think it was May 31st or May 30th, something like that, um, on on UAP and they had a bunch of speakers uh both from nasa and from other other government agencies wow. it was a 4 hour broadcast and i watched the whole thing uh you know at some point at certain points it was like kill me now it was <laughs> some points were like just extremely boring um but there were some really good presentations um and i and i actually have a uh an article that sort of breaks it down and, and and gives you sort of the links to kind of the key sections cause it's all on YouTube. Um, so you can kind of just fast forward and go to the good parts. Um, it is a presentation by the government, the, it's called the AARO or ARO, uh, which is, um, all source anomalies resolution office. And this is the group now that's, uh, been given responsibility for, for, um, for studying uh, uh, sightings, documenting and, uh, you know, analyzing these sightings, uh, the UAP sightings. They also had a presentation by the FAA on how um, they're able to uh, and have, and in some cases, already used their radars to track uh, some of these, uh, some of this phenomenon. So there they were some really good presentations. The, I think the most disappointing part of the whole thing was, well, first of all, the majority of presentation, presentations were by NASA people. Uh, these are higher ups in the organization, and um, NASA made it clear. Uh, repeat, first of all, first of all, they they had to they they made a point of saying that there's been this tremendous stigma uh, associated with UFO sightings and research and reports people don't want to report because they're afraid of being, you know, ridiculed and all this. Yeah. And uh, in fact, they, they were saying how some of our people, you know, were had been, you know, uh, I don't know, ab- verbally abused, or I forget the term they used. But it was so ironic and really hypocritical because NASA has historically been the worst in promoting the stigma uh, and, uh, regarding UFOs and related, uh, related things, um, uh, you know, related to anything that's not sort of in the box of, you know, what they're studying, you know, mm-hmm. their paradigms, their ways of looking at things, anything outside of that box is, is criticized. Um, and so, you know, that, that they, they, they made a point of saying how, you know, this, the stigma is terrible and they're going to do everything they can to, you know, uh, uh, to overcome it. But it's like, come on, guys, you know, this, this was really you're doing in the first place. But that's, that's sort of, uh, you know, water over the dam under the bridge. Um, mm-hmm. What was really interesting is how they s- said, what their real interest is, is in shaping the science behind UAP. Um, so they're not really, so they they're interested in sort of standards. And they mm-hmm. talk about, well, there's really not a lot of good data out there. And this is the reason I wanted to bring this up is we were talking about all these reports, uh, you know, historical sightings that maybe now could be reinterpreted, reanalyzed, given the realization now that, hey, this stuff is real. So let's go back and look at it not as a hoax, but as as some data. And so suddenly now you have maybe a lot more data than you thought you had. Mm-hmm. Where NASA is going is that they think, they feel like you only, the only way you can study this is you have to have the best data. It's got to be calibrated. They they use the term repeatedly, calibrated data. Sort of like, you know, when they're looking at, you know, they turn the telescopes um, at some, you know, some celestial phenomena, a nebula or black hole or something, mm-hmm. whatever they're studying, you know, of course you need calibrated data. Right. But, you know, th- whatever you're turning your telescope towards, it's there, you know, it's going to be there. If it's not there... There's something really weird going on, but it's going to be there. But they talk about having calibrated data for UFO sightings, which are very um, sort of, uh, they're serendipitous. They're not predictable. Uh, And so it's sort of like you got to get, you got to take what you can get. You know, beggars Mm -hmm. can't be choosers. So they talk about, you know, there's a lack of good data, but they have such high standards for what's considered good, acceptable data that it's almost self-defeating that they'll never have enough data because it's just their, their requirements are too, are, are too high. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Um, and then the most interesting part for me was they had a planetary scientist on who uh, uh, and planetary scientists are it's they're an interesting breed. They're 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 really smart. But again, they, they defend this 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 turf, this paradigm that they have, with 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 uh, with ferocity. Um, it, it's uh, I mean they're not using uh, you know weapons or anything like that, but they're using they're using their words and they're using uh, uh, criticism and um, the language uh, that they use is such that it marginalizes it marginalizes anything other than their own theories. In other words. If NASA hasn't, if it's not invented by NASA, you know it's sort of the "not invented by me" syndrome. If I have, if I didn't do it, it's no good, and right. so it's it's NASA's often been criticized uh, because of this, and so they they kind of want to sort of redefine the whole thing, um, you know, pre, before the uh, before Arrow, the previous office, uh, a tip I think it was, the guy that ran that, Luis Elizondo, who you know. -hmm. Revealed all this information in the first place, he he had come up with a great set of observables um, for you know defining you know what's anomalous you know Mm -hmm. what are we talking about here? NASA NASA wants to do it all over again. They want to shape the science and they want to do it in a way I think and I'm this is what I'm concerned with. A lot of people are saying oh this is such a great thing. It's like yeah, but if you listen to how they're going to approach this, I think they're going to sort of like put it you know. Uh, put some bl- i don't want to say I'm not sure what the right term is blinders or they they're, they they want to throttle it in a way that it's I don't think it's ever going to amount to anything nothing ever wh- like well for me the 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 key thing and I actually have this queued up in in uh, I have a link to it in in my um in my article uh one of the one of the, uh, one other uh, people uh Planetary scientist says is, you know, basically we want to take everything that we've learned from our study for our search for life on the planets and in SETI and apply it to this problem. Well, if you really parse that out, their search for extraterrestrial intelligence they found nothing, no radio signals, no evidence. Okay, and their search for life on Mars they found nothing. There's been a lot of people making claims about uh, cryptobiology, fossils, based on Mars, archaeo- archaeology. Uh, no, it's 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 not. Uh, their standards of evidence are so high that uh, it doesn't meet the standards. And so we don't, you know. So anyway, everything that they've come up with is negative. And now they want to apply that to UAP. Mm-hmm. That's. That really that concerns me, and I don't know if anyone. I mean, I, I, some people have have you know reacted to what I've written, and they you know it's like yeah, I, I kind of noticed that myself. But so many people are saying, oh yeah, this is such a good thing, but I I'm really kind of worried about it. And it's sort of the same thing that's happened historically with you know Brookings Inst- Institution report, the Condon report, the Robertson panel, all these things that have kind of throttled UFO investigation over the years it's mm-hmm. it's still these these things are still going on today sorry that was, a, that was a bit of a that, ramble
0: oh that's fine do you think that you know it's because because you just like a paranormal investigating like, like i do you have to have an open mind to be able to investigate this stuff do you think that maybe there's just too many closed minds out there yet
1: um yeah I, I think, I think they're closed because they're afraid of, they're afraid of losing control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's all about, I think it's all about fear and control.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, When you lose, yeah. Uh, Basic human emotions, uh, basic human uh, failings, frailties. uh, And, you know, I mean, we all have, no one's perfect. Right. But you have to be, kind of be mindful of them and um, and recognize them, um, and you know I, I don't know I don't know what's so important about protecting. Why do you have to protect the paradigm? I mean, what that what that boils down to, and, and why this happens is that um, the people you know the it's only the accepted uh, you know it's only research along accepted lines of investigation are funded, mm-hmm. and the people that are doing that research they're the ones that receive tenure so that's why the academic community has become as it is um you know uh i i i don't consider my i I consider myself an intellect intellectual and someone that is interested you know as a science true sense of science to really know and to try to understand i do not consider myself an academic Academia is its is, is sort of its own uh, its its own thing um, that I I seriously question whether they care at all about uh, the search for the truth. I think it's just managing the paradigm. And it's creating um, you know sort of a uh, uh, it's almost a, a business model, not in a you know corporate sense, but in terms of doing business and in academia, writing papers, getting research published and funded. Um, it's um, and, and and the reason it's done that way is because they're protecting their own interests. And, you know, how often we see this all the time in other. And so you think, oh, uh, science and academia is above that. It's no different. It's probably even worse.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I've got people on my team, even that I mean, I had one investigator that got slapped. I mean, literally, they were outside, you know, doing something out, you know, around this this whole restaurant. And then she got slapped, and you can see the, you can okay. see the hand mark on her face. And she still still swore up and down that's not what happened.
1: But who who, who slapped her?
0: We don't know. <laughs> they were just out there. and the, the, the area is supposed to be really haunted, so they were out there doing an EVP session. And all of a sudden, she walks in and she's got this red mark on her face, like this. You can see the fingers. Oh. And still, she denied it, even though it, ha- it happened. So I think it might have been a bug. You know, and you're like, what does it take to get the closed, you know, the the closed minded people to believe what's going on around them?
1: Well, you know, it it, it's like, you know, it's like in um it's like in The Wizard of Oz. What does uh what does the scarecrow say? You know, uh I don't believe I I is it I do or I don't believe in spooks. You know, anyways trying to right, talk right. himself into you know not being afraid. Yeah. And it's um you know, it's kind of maybe kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I maybe mean, that's what it goes back to.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like you just said, because there are the 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 people are afraid of, of what they're actually gonna find.
1: Yeah, they're 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 afraid of the answer. Um, mm-hmm. um so I I don't know I think um I mean I'm grateful I I I I don't have that fear um mm-hmm. I mean we're all f- afraid of something but you know it's not I mean that's not my day job so I don't have to worry about that and that's why right. I don't really care if people you know it's it's like if I was making my living doing this then I'd I'd have to really care about it uh you mm-hmm. have to manage it and you know then it's your turf and it's like you know you have to I don't know. It gets, it can get ugly, but you know, I, I'm grateful I'm able to do this the way I am. It's um, it's fun. It's uh, I, I've learned a lot. I've, 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 you know, there's so many interesting connections and um, you know, you meet people and you realize it's going to really take a village to figure this out. You have to come at it from all sorts of different angles um, and uh, you know, try to put it all together.
0: What's next for you?
1: Um, yeah, probably spending some more time in my day job. (laughs) Uh, it's, you know, it's a lot of, I just, I just published, I just published this. And, uh, prior to this, I did, uh, beyond Atlantis, which I think I was here for last time. Yeah. Um, and, um, I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of taking a break from that. Uh, I'm in the process of of retooling. I had some old websites. and you know, people would look at look at them and say, Did you write that code yourself? It looks like it's something out of the 90s. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like people have been telling me, okay, you gotta sort of use uh you have to use website builders and stuff like that. So I, I've actually migrated my new web my new website is mark And I've been in the process of migrating a lot of old content um from uh, Carlotto.us, which was my old website to that. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff on before Atlantis, uh, on the UAPs mm-hmm. and on, um, and on Mars uh, uh, and, and the moon, you know, uh, planetary uh, anomalies and planetary mysteries. And I'm just adding to that uh, sort of uh, gradually um, uh, to, to really, uh, I'm, I'm kind of anticipating the next sort of thing that people are going to start I think people are going to get interested in Mars again mm-hmm. um, be, with, you know, I, I don't know if you follow what SpaceX is, is up mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I'm just amazed at their progress and what they're accomplishing. And it's, it's epic uh, in ca- in capital letters. Um, and I, you know, I, when they get to Mars, they, they've, they've got to go to Cydonia. They have to check out, um, they have to check out the face and the pyramids and these other objects. Um, And Hey, I mean, if they turn out that it's just a pile of rocks, it's like, okay, great. Um, But you know, I, I want to know, and we have the means to actually know not to send a probe there, Uh not a probe by NASA who may want to sort of, you know, uh, manage that paradigm. Right. Um, But by someone who, uh, who wants to colonize Mars, so it, it might be like uh, like like a modern day like sort of like the Martian chronicles ray bradbury's martian chronicles actually come into life um, for real in the next dec- in the next decade uh, we're going to see it hopefully and that's exciting and so um, you know i i think uh, just trying to get uh, all this information a lot of it's historical uh, you know it's like some cases 40 years ago I've been doing this for a while, um, but it's it's sort of the context that people have to understand for you know, what's going on now. What you know, why we why do why do we care about this in the first place? What you know, what could it mean? So, I think maybe Mars might be the next project. Um, going back to that, it's like I go from, you know, I get tired, I do this, and then I move on to that, and then I do this, right. and have to right. kind of keep moving.
0: A last question to you tonight <laughs> yeah. is. You're in Las Vegas. You're you're standing on the strip and you're kind of you, and you you got a little bookstore, you know, on the strip. And there's a, there's some other guys that have bookstores as well that have similar books to yours. How do you get people to read your book?
1: Are these are these other, are these other people from from earth or from the, are they from another planet?
0: They're from earth. So they're just authors just like you who have written about, you know, a close the same topic. So how do you pull people in to read your book?
1: Well, you know, what I, what I, what I say is you don't, uh, um, you don't have to read the book. Uh, the reason I have these websites and these blogs is I want to put the information out there. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of information I have online before Atlantis.com, a lot of information on, um, on the pole shift hypotheses, the science behind it, uh, the archaeological data, the sites all over the world um, and there's just uh, there's, t- uh, there's I think thirty articles there. none mm-hmm. of this world has uh, fewer um, but you know I'm, I'm starting to look at another case now that I'll probably publish and and I and again the um, the the NASA report I have a an article on that um, and uh, uh, mars uh, i'm I'm actually doing a um, as I take all my uh, old historical materials from Carlotto.us, I'm sort of re, uh, refactoring them. That's what they, in the code industry, they say, you know, when they sort of redo it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, doing articles, and I'm trying to create a, a chronological account of, um, of the whole face on Mars investigation. The discovery of the face, the research that was done, uh, the, the subsequent probes that NASA sent up, what they found. And, and then some of the, um, and, and some of, you know, the goings on around that, some of the meetings we had with NASA people. Uh, so I'll be, you know, th- that'll be all online. Again, that's all at, uh, at markcarlotto.com. And so just go there just, and if you want to buy the book, that's, that's, you know, great. Cause there's stuff obviously in the book that's not on the website, but there's a lot of inf- information that's online
0: fantastic i would say
1: that yeah
0: mark thank you so much for coming back to see us
1: thanks charlotte have a have a good night
0: i really appreciate it the next time uh you know we'll, we'll get you out to talk about somebody else there's uh, something else if that's okay with you you know, we, yeah, sure. you know we got lots of books lots of topics we could choose from so
1: all right thanks thanks very much i appreciate it
0: okay mark have a great evening
1: all right thanks you too
0: okay bye-bye All right, guys, it's always fun to have him on. It's so interesting to talk with him. Tomorrow, uh, our good friend uh, Lynn Monet is going to be with us. We're going to be talking about near-death experiences and what happens at at, at the point of death for some people. Lynn's a nurse, and so she has a lot of stories to tell about that. So we're going to be talking about that. That'll be our usual time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, right here, you know, on Facebook and YouTube and and Twitch, and all those good places. I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you if you know, if you like what you heard tonight, give us a thumbs up. Send me some love. So you know, Show me happy faces. Show me hearts. Because like I said, that puts us up higher in the algorithm, and then a, a lot of people see us and, and all that good stuff. Anyway, I want to remind everybody about the class for uh, Ghost Hunting 101. Uh, it's, as we are, the California Haunts team is openly recruiting, and that is the way to get on the team, is you have to take this class. And... Uh, See, see if you want to if you measure up right if you measure up anyway i want to say again thank you all for tonight and if you if you like the show share it with five people if you hated the show share it with five of your enemies we're equal opportunity here at california haunts radio and we're always looking for you know people to follow us like i said earlier if you're watching from facebook and you like what you see tonight and you haven't done so already hit that follow button if you're watching from uh, youtube and you haven't done so already and you liked what you saw, please hit that subscribe button. Anyway, I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific with Lynn Monet. Uh, Have a great rest of your evening.